Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. Don't despise the easy times when it feels like God is, is leaving you kind of bored and there's not much going on. Don't despise those times. But I'm here to tell you today, don't waste those times either. When you're in the pasture and things are going good, you boost up your prayer life. You boost up your Bible reading. You boost up your fasting because there's going to come a day when you're going to have to rely on everything that you prep for out on the battlefield. The same God that downed Goliath was the same God that was there when Goliath's sons were also slain. Amen. I had the giants in my generation. I'm still fighting some giants. But the next generation that follows me, the next generation that comes up behind this pulpit, you may have different giants, but they're from the same father. They're going to have the same lineage. They came from the same source of evil. But so does our answer to every one of them. You take another trip down to the brook. You take another another trip down and give the stone because the spirit of the rock remains the same. Praise the Lord. Grab your Bibles very quickly. Let's turn to, I've got three different scriptures actually I'm going to read you just turn to 1 Corinthians 10 1 Corinthians 10 I'm going to read while you're turning 1 Samuel 17 and 40 story about David right before he steps out on the battlefield he goes down to a brook the Bible says he has a staff in his hand and David chooses five smooth stones out of the brook He puts them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in a scrip. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. David was just moments from stepping out onto the battlefield, but before he stepped out on the battlefield, he stepped down into a brook, and he chose some stones. He chose some stones. He chose some rocks. 1 Corinthians 10 and 1, Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock not your typical rock I know that Moses struck the rock and out of the rock water flowed and sustained God's people when they were in the wilderness but we're speaking of a different rock here Because the Bible calls it a spiritual rock. And that rock followed them. And the writer of Corinthians, Paul, spoke and named who that rock was. And that rock was Christ. Christ, our rock. The last portion of scripture I'd like to read you is out of the Old Testament. Zechariah 4 and 6. Then he answered and spake unto them, saying... 
This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. I want to ask you today, have you ever faced something that is seemed overwhelmingly against you? Something that you felt ill-equipped for? Something that you felt powerless over? If that's the case, you're like most of the rest of us. Because such as life would have it, most of us typically will find ourselves in a place in this life where we're in over our head. And that's why I'm glad that I have the rock that I can turn to. That I don't fight by might nor by power, but by the Spirit. I just want to preach to you for the next few moments the spirit of the rock. Hmm. That spirit is in this place today. (laughs) It's here. What do you need today or what does a friend of yours need today? The spirit of the rock is in this place to do a mighty work. Why don't we... Lift our hands and lift our voices right now. Would you just would you just open your mouth together with me as we begin to pray? And would you ask God, maybe you don't have a need today, but somebody here next to you does. Would you just ask God to let the spirit of the rock begin to move and bring faith into our midst today? Come on right now, lift your voice with me, lift your hands, and let's ask God to have his way in these final moments of this service today. Precious Savior, we thank you, Lord God. Lord Jesus, that your power is here. God, it's here because your spirit is here. Your spirit doesn't dwell just everywhere, God, but your spirit is where there is truth that is being purveyed. God, I pray that the truth would be purveyed in this place today. God, that it would be on display, God, and that your spirit would be welcomed here in this place. God, by our faith, let it serve as an invitation for you to come in and do the miraculous in our midst. For where we fall short, God, that's where you're going to pick up the slack today for what we cannot do and what we cannot accomplish in our mortal flesh God with our own mentality and with our own mind what a checkbook can't fix God what finances won't accumulate enough of to fix your spirit can come into this place right here right now and you can accomplish what we cannot so Lord God I just simply ask for you to loosen the faith of your people God let the spirit of the rock begin to move in our midst today Today, in this message in Jesus' name, we pray. Would you clap your hands to the Lord together? Jesus, hallelujah. 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 You may be seated today. The Spirit of God is a spirit that is complete, and it brings completeness. You can have next to nothing in this life and still know what it feels like to have a feeling of wholeness, a feeling of completeness. My grandparents never had much in the way of material things. 
He was an old time Pentecostal preacher. She was right there by his side. Six children lived in a little small home. By this world's standards, it would never be anything to be desired by most of this world. They never had much in their checkbook. They never, my grandmother never got her driver's license. If she wanted to go someplace, my grandfather had to take her. Somebody else would have to come and pick them up. So by this world's standards, they really never knew what there was as far as financial status went. But I can tell you there are numerous amounts of people that had a lot more money in their bank accounts, that lived in finer homes, that drove fancier cars and had more cars, but they never had what my grandparents had. And that is the completeness that only comes with serving God. Because you can have very little of earthly belongings and have God and his completeness and have everything. But if you don't have God, I don't care how much you have that this world has to offer you'll never know fullness and completeness in your life David was a man that understood quite well that it was impossible to have completeness without God's spirit he knew what it felt like to walk in that spirit He knew what it was like to have that spirit lead and guide him. For since he was a young man and the prophet Samuel came into his house and began to go through his brothers right there in front of all of his brothers and his family, Samuel looked at him and he pulled out that bottle of anointing oil. And the Bible said that Samuel poured that anointing oil upon the the head of that young man and it dripped down his body. But this is the part that I love. Amen. Because the Bible says that the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Oh, to be like David, to walk every day with the Spirit of God upon us. That's my desire. That's what real fullness is all about. That's what completeness feels like. That's why it was so critical. And you'll find later on in Psalm chapter 51 where David is, he's just messed up. He's just made some terrible, horrendous mistakes in his life. Things that could quite possibly even cost him his status as king. It could cost him his family. But you don't hear David crying out saying, oh God, save my kingdom. Don't let me lose my my role that you've given me. Don't let me lose my family. But you will find where David writes in Psalms 51 and 11, cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Because David understood that if he got to keep everything else in this world, but lost the spirit of God, he would be miserable. It amazes me sometimes what people are willing to trade. The wholeness that God brings to a life, the completeness that God can bring into a spirit for something that is so temporal and something that is so cheap, something that that will not last beyond a, a mist or a vapor. David walked in that spirit. But sometimes the same spirit 
that takes you to the still waters of Psalms 23 will lead you to the battlefield of 1 Samuel 17. I want you to understand today that God has a a purpose for bringing you into the meadows of rest, for bringing you into the pastures, amen. But you've got to understand that when God allows you to settle into the Psalms 23, the beautiful pastures that he makes you lie down in and he causes you to rest, it's not so you can become spiritually lazy. It's not so you can sit back and become fat on the things of God. But no, the pasture is merely for the preparation for your next battle it's simply to get you ready David didn't waste all of his time sitting around no David was preparing for a battle that he did not even know he was going to face and it's just at this point that we find that the spirit has led David to fight Goliath sometimes the spirit will lead you into places that you never thought that you would have to go And it was the Spirit of God that led David down to a brook where he knelt down as the waters rolled over those smooth stones and he handpicked five stones out of the brook. He placed them into his pocket. He had his sling in his hand. He turned around and in my mind's eye, he took a deep breath and said, well, God, I guess we're as ready as we're going to be. Let's go. And he stepped away from the brook and he stepped out of the realm of Psalms 23 and he stepped out of the place of the pasture and he stepped out into a place where some giants were facing him and he took on an adversary that was greater than he was but it was not greater than the God that he served was. You need to hear me today. Amen. No problem is bigger than your God. No problem is bigger than your rock. If you have the spirit of the rock dwelling in you, there's nothing you cannot overcome. David knew how to fight with stones. Practiced many times as hour after hour went by tending to his father's sheep. I can imagine that he would find a rock as he was walking along with the the sheep of his father, and he would maybe pick one up. That one would work, and let's see how this one flies. And I'm sure there were many times that David missed. But the more that he swung that sling, the better he became. And then there came a day when it, when it proved to be worthwhile that his practice had made perfect, and he began to fight some battles out there in the pasture. There were a few things that came against him that were beginning to prepare him for bigger things. Amen. Don't despise your time in the pasture. Don't despise the easy times when it feels like God is, is leaving you kind of bored and there's not much going on. Don't despise those times. But I'm here to tell you today, don't waste those times either. When you're in the pasture and things are going good, you boost up your prayer life. You boost up your Bible reading. You boost up your fasting because there's going to come a day when you're going to have to rely on everything that you prep for out on the battlefield. Saul's armor was the finest. I'm, I'm sure 
It was the best of what they had to offer for the day that they lived in, but it, it wasn't what David was comfortable with. It wasn't what he had trained with. He hadn't prepared himself to fight with armor and spears, but put a sling in that boy's hand and he knew what to do with it. You give him a nice rock and a leather string with a pouch in the middle of it and put it in his hands and he would show you that he had learned a thing or two while he was in the pasture. That the spirit of the Almighty had settled on him and he had been walking with God and he had not wasted that spirit while he was in the pasture. It's all about preparation. Don't despise the year that God is preparing you. Just get ready. You never know when you'll be tossed in the middle of a battle that you weren't ready for, that you didn't expect. You better hope that you're ready for it. You better be prepped and ready for it through prayer and through fasting, through Bible reading and jesting of the word, through faithful walking with God each and every day. You better not depend on the pastor alone just to come and preach to you. You need to preach to yourself sometimes. You need to get in the word of God sometimes. You need to hear what God's word says for you sometimes. Because there'll be a time in your life when nobody else is around just like it happened to David. And the word says that David, when everybody was about ready to stone him and when he had lost everything or it seemed that way anyway, sometimes we lose things, but it was only temporary. Don't treat a temporary loss as a permanent loss when God has not taken it away from you. With the, if the enemy has taken it away from you, God can get it back for you. Amen. You keep praying. You keep prepping. But there might be a time when you have to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You have to encourage yourself in the Lord. Just keep shining those stones. Keep that that sling arm loosened up. Just because you haven't had to kill anything yet, just because you haven't had to take down a, a giant yet, just because you haven't had to face something that's bigger than you yet doesn't mean that you can let atrophy set in. Amen. You got to keep that sling arm loosened. You got to keep things ready. You got to keep those muscles toned. David, hey, he picked up five smooth stones to take on a very big man. But I'm here to tell you, God is not going to let put a stone in your hand until you know how to use it. You know what the worst thing in the world is? When you're out on the gun range, being out on the gun range with somebody don't know how to use a gun. I've hit the deck more than once. So how do you use this thing? Next thing you know, everybody's on the, on the ground. Stop pointing that thing. You put a sling in the hand of, of somebody that's not knowing how to use it, they're going to miss. I don't care how big the giant is. But what you see as an enemy, God sees as a big target. Come on. <laughs> he only needed one, but God always will give you more than you need to overcome your enemy. I said it just a week or two ago. Amen. We, we've got this idea that God and the devil are side by side, and, and we have 
light and we have darkness. We have good and we have bad and they are co-equal in their power. That's a bunch of baloney. I got somebody following me. Baloney, that's, that's French, and he just gave the, the interpretation. <laughs> David probably never knew. Now, I don't have any way of knowing this, but I doubt that David knew when he stepped out on the battlefield and faced that giant that that giant had four sons. There's no, there's nothing that, that God does that, that is just happenstance. I believe that God understood and symbolically God was saying, hey, today we take down this one, but there's four more in here for the rest of y'all. When we face you, there's another generation that's going to be coming up behind this one. Every generation is going to have its giants to slay. But the same God, the same God that downed Goliath was the same God that was there when Goliath's sons were also slain. Amen, I had the giants in my generation. I'm still fighting some giants, but the next generation that follows me, the next generation that comes up behind this pulpit, you may have different giants, but they're from the same father. They're gonna have the same lineage. They came from the same source of evil, but so does our answer to every one of them. You take another trip down to the brook you take another trip down and get the stone because the spirit of the rock remains the same John the Baptist said this in Matthew 3 and 9 for I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham Putting this message together, I come across a scripture like that, and it's like, boom, I almost had to sit down. It was a good thing I was already sitting. I'd probably fallen down. But it spoke to me, and it reminded me that God has taken some inanimate object, something that is a stone, and he has turned them into his children. You are a lively stone today. You're more than just a rock, but you have the spirit of the rock that has transformed you, and you are giant slayers because God... God has transformed you by his power to become the adversary of the enemy and you are greater because he is greater in you. Glory to God. God wants to raise up people today to fight the giants. The way that he does it through the spirit of the rock, Christ Jesus. If you want to be raised up and used by God, you got to be placed in the right hands. See that stone in the hands of anybody but David that day might not have done so well. But David stepped out on the battlefield and he said, hey, you come to me with a sword and a spear. Good for you. That don't scare me. You and your armor bearers, you stepped out on, on, the, on the hillside here and, and you're ready to come and you're, you're saying all kinds of stuff. But, but you know what? Words are just words. You got to put those words into action. We'll see who's still standing here at the end of this day. And he went into action against this giant. 
and in the hands of the one that the Spirit of God was resting upon. That small pebble, that rock turned into a missile that hurtled across the acres of ground that those men were standing upon. And it found itself finding its target not because David was so great, and I believe that God did use him, but there was something behind David. There was a spirit upon David that he had had for quite some time, and it was the spirit of the rock that directed that stone to its intended place because God was looking after his people. God was looking after his man. If you're not walking in the spirit of the rock, you can't expect your rock to find its target. You may do, be doing the same thing and finding that you're missing, that you're struggling striking out time and time again. If that's the case, know this today. Let the spirit of the almighty come upon you. Get down on your knees and pray until you speak in tongues. Get down on your knees and pray until you have a breakthrough. Go to God in your prayers for your need in your life and see if he won't direct your path. If you want to be used by him, You've got to get into his hands, not your own hands. You've got to get into God's hands. And when you find yourself there, Jesus said in John 10 and 29, My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hands. When you put yourself into the hand of the King, amen, you're in a safe place. Nobody can take you out of his hand but yourself. Amen, I don't care how evil the enemy is. I don't care how large your, your, your adversary seems. I don't care how great the giant is. I don't care what they're saying about about you at school. I don't care what they're saying about you in the workplace. I don't care what they're saying about you in your own home. Amen. If you are in the hands of God, there is nothing that can pluck you out of his hand because when you're in God's hand, you are in a place of safety and place of refuge and he will guide you and he will lead you. It's not the size of the stone. It's the spirit of the rock. When you feel small and insignificant, that little stone that David picked up out of that brook, you know that if Goliath had seen that, he'd have laughed. He was taunting David already. Forty days he'd been up there taunting all of Israel. He was good at what he did. He was intimidating. And everybody bought into it. David could have said, you know, I'm going to look foolish. But we wrestle not against flesh and blood. What are you doing about it, mama? I'm hitting my knees in prayer every chance I get. What are you doing about it, daddy? Well, I'm taking an extra day and I'm fasting for the situation. What do you mean? Why don't you get your hands on it? Why don't you just try to force something? Well, if it, if it was me, I'd do it this way. Don't you worry about what everybody else says. You're not wrestling against flesh and blood. You're wrestling against principalities and powers that are dark. You wrestle on your knees. That's how you wrestle. You fight on your hands and your knees in prayer. That's how we fight this battle. We fight it with the spirit of the rock. Yes. 
size of the church is not necessarily an indication that there is revival taking place. Just because you got 5,000 people that are sitting in the, in the pews doesn't mean that there's spiritual growth taking place there. Even the Bible warns us that we're living in a day when we just like the tickling of the ears. We, we go to church to pacify us. We go to church to make us feel good because the job makes us feel bad. We need somebody to tell us we're better than we really are. I, I have no problem with speaking the positive, as Brother Jones was talking about this morning, but the positive without Jesus Christ is nothing. Amen. We've got to have the spirit. We've got to have the revival spirit. If we are apostolic, amen, by more than just name, it's going to be because there is the spirit of the rock dwelling in this place and people's lives are being transformed. The sick can come and find healing. Amen. The deaf can hear, get here again and the blind can have their eyes open. Amen. Those things are taking place where the spirit of the rock is. Yes. Give me the spirit. Very quickly, after music comes, I, Genesis 26, 19, Isaac's servants are in a valley. They need a well. And so they are digging there this well. They found, found a well of spring water, and, but they had a problem. There were some herdsmen from Gerar that got into an argument with them. They said, well, we're here at this well, and we're claiming this well, but the herdsmen of Gerar said, no, we, we take claim to this well. And so the Bible says that they were striving over this well. And Isaac said, you know what, fine, we'll, we'll go someplace else. We'll find someplace. It ain't worth the fight. It's not worth arguing over this well here. There's water here, but we'll move someplace else. And so they start a second well, and they go to a second place. They digged another well, the Bible says. <laughs> But once again, somebody comes along and says, hey, we're taking claim to this. And so Isaac said, fine. I, I guarantee you, the people that were with Isaac were worn out and they were tired. They were like, why are we giving this up for? They can't call the name of that well Sitna. They called the name of the first one Esek. So they go to a third place and they dug a third well and the Bible says for that well, there was no argument. There's no fight. There's no strife there. And he named that well Rehoboth. And he said, for now the Lord hath made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. Esek means quarrel. Sitna means strife. But Rehoboth means broad places. Expanded lands. If there's one thing that I love, there is, I have a favorite spot in this area. I love to take that drive down through Route 4, Catalina Road into Route 4 over there, and just go through Willisville and around, head out towards Abel. And when you get up on Campbell Hill, you just look and you can see for miles around. It is a beautiful spot. It's a place where you can see broad places. There may be other churches that have more financial power than we have. 
there may be churches that have more people on their rosters than what we have they may be able to move things out of the way but they can't have this well amen there's strife in a lot of different areas uh, there, there's spiritual battles that take places in your life amen but if you want to have Rehoboth if you want to have the place where you can look out and have broad places you just keep digging amen you find a place where the spirit of God is moving where the spirit of the rock is amen and that rock will flow out of your bosom amen as a river of living water you want to find the Holy Ghost you come to a place where they believe in the Holy Ghost not more than just shaking a preacher's hand or signing a roster or becoming a part of a social club but you get yourself into a church where the spirit of the rock is moving and you will find that God will transform you and give you a well that will never run dry he will give you a rehabot he'll give you a place where you can have the broad places he's making room for us all spirit that's going to give us the well of broad places if we don't have the spirit of the rock then all we'll find out of this well is strife arguments complaining bickering one of the first indications I've been doing this a while I'm not new to this one of the first indications that the Holy Ghost needs to come in and have a revival is people start bickering with one another people start becoming critical with one another people start looking at all the negative that's going around them I love your lesson today was amazing I loved his, his story at the end about the buzzard and the, and the hummingbird You'll find what you're looking for. <laughs> you certainly will. You know what I do? Because I can tend to find myself in a negative situation sometimes. We're surrounded by it. How do you get away from it? It's everywhere you go. It's like being in the middle of the ocean and trying not to get wet. It's impossible to do, isn't it? Your job is crazy, right? You're surrounded by more than just evil people. You're surrounded by the spirit that makes them evil. You go to different places and you go, go, and you, you go to your schools and, and they teach stuff there that's contrary to the word of God sometimes. And you're like, how do I deal with this? You, you try to live a holy and a moral life and you dress different than the world dresses. And you talk different than the world talks. And all these things are going on and you just feel like a fish out of water. How do you deal with all that? You have the spirit of the rock within you. Amen. God has got, given you a promise. God is taking you someplace. There's something beautiful ahead for this church. Hang on, honey. We're going someplace with this trip. Hang on, honey. We're headed to a land of promise. We're headed to a land where milk and honey flow. Would you stand with me today? You know why we bought this property out front here and these two lots on the side here? And if the Lord wills it, we'll buy the rest of this land up. Because we're digging Rehoboth. Yeah. <laughs> it's bigger than we see it now. There is a spirit of Rehoboth 
on this church. Wrong places. Well, God, how are we going to handle that? We don't have the finances for that. No, not yet. We don't. God's already got something prepared. David stepped out on the battlefield. He had no idea that Goliath had four sons. There's other giants that we're going to face. There's other problems we're going to face. I get all that. I know all that. But I'm telling you today, I come to the, the, this world and I say I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Amen. We've got, the, we've got God on our side. We've got God that's stepping out in front of us. We've got God with us on this battlefield. I'm not afraid of the future. I'm excited about what God has in store for us. I'm excited about God's future for your family. I can't wait to see your husband come to the altar and get filled with the Holy Ghost. I can't wait to see your children walk through the door and God fill them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I can't wait to wait to see the revival that is taking place in our midst and in our city because we have the spirit of the rock in this place and the spirit of the rock is what brings revival to God's people. old saying and I close with this it's not the size of the dog in the fight it's the size of the fight in the dog and I've seen some little little dogs I look at them I'm like you got no idea that you're a teacup sized dog do you because you're acting like you know that little chihuahua thinks they're a great Dane they got the spirit of a great Dane and the body of a chihuahua I would just say it's not the size of the Pentecostal that lives for God. It's the size of God in the Pentecostal. How much has God got control over your every move, over your every step, over your walk? How, how much control are you allowing God? Are you trying to fight this battle on your own? Because if you are, you're going to fail. You're going to sling that thing, and that rock is going to misfire. It's going to head in the wrong direction, and that giant's going to get closer and closer to you. But if you'll step out on faith, amen. I don't know what problems you've come in here with today, but I want to open this altar up because I feel faith released in this place. If you'll just step forward and God can begin to move in your, in your situation I believe that God can step in and he'll be there with you and you're going to fight some giants today but they're going to fall at your feet by the end of this day you're going to walk away with a giant's head in your hand and they're going to be singing your praises amen heaven is going to rejoice with some folks in here today if you will simply let the spirit of the rock take control of your life I want to open this altar up. If you'd like to come, if you want prayer, just ask. One of us will pray for you. If you'd just like to come and pray, if you'd just like to worship. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.